You are gonna be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us for The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I am Shannon. always happy to have you be part of our My Talk family, especially here on The Mom Show, where we just help you with our rotating panel of experts. They give you some advice, some expertise, fill in some blanks for you, hopefully, and just give you some ways that you can help navigate the universe that we're in, which is constantly changing. So joining us today, our good friend, where we talk about a lot of things all together health-related, our friend Dr. Amy John. Johnson Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics. Hello, Dr. Amy. Good morning. I am so excited to talk about this because it's, look, we're all in the midst of either, you know, as a parent, what is this whole conversation going on with our kids? What are we going to talk about? What things are appropriate to talk about? How do we go and navigate all these things, especially right now when we're going, okay, what does this new school system look like? Are we going to be distance learning? Are we not? How do we how do we start this conversation again or continue these conversations? And so it's good to be able to talk about those and just normalize the fact that it's not normal. Right. I think there's so, you know, there's so many things happening in the world today mm-hmm. and they just feel like they're compounding at least right. as a, I'm everybody knows I'm a parent yes I've got a 11 year old and a 13 year old so mine are a little bit in that a little older stage but you know I feel like first it was COVID and yes. now it's the election and there's all of the conversation around George Floyd and racism and um, what that means and And it just, there's so many conversations happening. And I think as a parent, you know, me talking to other parents and then me talking to our patients, I think that there's these conversations that sometimes we just don't know how to have with our kids. Exactly. And partly because sometimes we don't know necessarily how to have them with ourselves or even as adults. And with peers. I was talking to a girlfriend of mine who happened to be in town and we grew up and we were in middle school together. And we were talking about the that concept of a lot of the things that may have been complex for us when we were in that that age. Our parents didn't talk to us about. And so right. we didn't even know or we're navigating it kind of on our own in our little kid framework when it would have been helpful to have some guidance. Because then once we got older and we looked back, we're like, oh, how's how, here's how we would have, it would have been helpful to contextualize this right. situation that was going on. But I don't think, and, and this goes back to a lot of the advice that you give, you know, uh, on behalf of health foundations, that it's good to be able to ask questions and have these conversations. And even when you were talking about little things like skincare and, and those things where a lot of times we as parents don't think to have that conversation with yeah. our kids and then they have to figure it out on their own when they get older. Yeah. When it's appropriate to figure out a, a, a it when it makes sense to find an appropriate way to have these conversations. Yeah. So today I think um, just have just, you know, today even just having a conversation um, the mom show about navigating these tough world topics with kids. Right. Um, by no means do I think we'll have all the answers today, but I think it starts just as parents thinking through that process, right? thinking maybe where you're at and what you've done or what you haven't done maybe in that conversation with your kids. Um, and, you know, I really encourage parents to phone in and say, right. hey, these are the resources that I've found. This is, 
you know, how it's worked for our family. I think it's it's nice to hear. Right. Right. How other families, how other people, other parents are doing it because ah, it's just nice, nice to gain other knowledge and, and other also, perspective. It's also good to hear all of your mom's successes. But if you have even like I I am uh, I am not above sharing my humorous <laughs> right? mom fails. Like you've seen me on you've seen me on Instagram. I'm like sometimes it, you thought it was going to work out one way and it didn't. And that's good to share too and know that we're all navigating these rough waters together and things are not always as smooth as you would expect. And we can learn from it and we can learn from one another. So if you want to be part of the conversation on the mom show, you can always call us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We'd love to hear what you think about some of these topics. So what topic do you think we should start with today? You know, I thought it'd be nice just to start talking a little bit about voting and elections. Wonderful, wonderful. Because I feel like that is just forefront and center Mm -hmm. in a lot of what we see. And, you know, I think, you know, you mentioned even, you know, when we were kids that we might not have had these conversations. And I think back, you know, when we were kids, it was kind of like what we saw was maybe on the news. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And maybe a billboard Mm -hmm. or something, but everything is so in your face these days. Even if your kids live on social media and you know, and you can, no matter how much you watch their accounts, there's lots of, of, of voting and political information that's out there. And they might not understand why it's so in their stream all the time, even. Yeah. And I think even, you know, as I was thinking about this show yesterday, um, I was out with the kids just kind of out in a park and, you know, playing in the water. And there were these conversations all around us, wow. whether we were mm-hmm. having them or not. Right. And signs and, mm-hmm. you know, things showing up on the radio. And and I thought, wow, we are surrounded by this conversation. Right. And don't sometimes even realize it because I feel like it's so much chatter all the time and so much in our face. It's kind of like, okay. But, you know, it's really sparks, I think, conversations with kids you know i listen to the news in the car and when Mm -hmm. the kids are in the car with me and they hear these snippets of stories right these news stories and they're asking well what does that mean mom right or is that (laughs) my my i think my son's favorite question is is that for real (laughs) (laughs) thank you out of the mouth of 12 and 13 year olds that is fantastic he's like does that really happen Mm -hmm. or or kind of like wow this is how people are reacting. Yes. And I notice it in our household when it comes up because uh, my son, all of his his devices are on my Google account. Oh, sure. So if he's on, you know, a website or if he's on YouTube, the ads that are going to follow him are based upon my practices. Sure. And, you know, so I try to turn things off as much as I can. I'm like, OK, don't follow me around. He doesn't need to see all of this stuff or, you know, yep. but you know how those things track you on the, those cookies. So he's going to get a lot of police political things that pop up. And so sure. now it's conversations that don't have anything to do with the fact that he was looking for a new, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine, you know, spoof <laughs> video or whatever he's right? looking for and he's getting all of this stuff about here's how you should vote. So it it does seem like you are getting this kind of information at a quasi adult level without the context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when the kids were younger, um you know, I have always really believed that your one way to express your voice and your opinion is if you vote. Right. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, um, and so 
you know, at a very young age, I would just bring them with me. So they got to see, you know, right. what that process was. Mm-hmm. And um, they'd get a little vote sticker right. and we'd talk about how to fill out a ballot. And not necessarily that they'd understand the concept, but that they were exposed. Exactly. At least at a young age. And I see a lot of parents doing that. And, you know, I think, you know, that modeling behavior it can be so important, even, you know, starting at a young age. And now that the kids are a little older, sure, they're learning about government and school. But I think, too, just talking about in a very simplistic form, you don't need to get into the nitty gritty, I feel like, right. but really how the government works. Right. And how your voice works in the government and how to vote and what that means, I think, just helps kids understand the process a little bit more. I'm always curious because I, I use this example a lot. At least when, and you and I are similar-ish in age, at least we had Schoolhouse Rock when right. we were kids. <laughs> if nothing else, you would get the loose framework of how things and math and science and, and things worked. And I don't think that there's an overall... You know, we have individual people who are creating this content, but there's yeah. not a focal point right. for, for when in doubt. At least here's a basic schoolhouse rock level of information yeah. to begin the process so you can talk to your parents about it. So if anybody is familiar with a new version of that, feel free to let me know, because I haven't come across an overall complex like that where it's let's let's. Uh, let's make this super fun and cartoonize all these things. Yeah. And it might be really difficult right now the way things are because maybe a lot of the content creators are like, I don't find it as amusing yeah, as maybe. I used to. <laughs> it got real, real fast. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, you know, that's another thing too. I think it's important to recognize you don't have to have some of these conversations. There are resources. Right. And it might not be the as I think available as as it was necessarily on TV sometimes mm-hmm. when we were growing up. But, you know, if you're Googling kind of conversations with kids about voting. Right. And, you know, PBS, I found we're going to talk about PBS about some other things today, but has instructional videos for parents. Right. But also these little clips for different age groups of kids um, that I feel like is is pretty good information that they've put out there to boil it down to some of the basics so that they understand. I think that it is good to find those things. And and there's a variety, you know, sometimes when you look for it. So as long as you're willing to do a minimal amount of due diligence to to go, this is the one that I think makes sense for me. Absolutely. And I think too, you know, one of the big conversations we have as adults right now Mm -hmm. is um, why people are getting so upset. Right, right. And I think um, my kids have asked some of those questions or have seen some of those really charged conversations or the divisiveness that everybody is feeling right now. Right. And I think even just talking about, I mean, this is an opportunity for this upcoming generation to really understand it's okay to have a different opinion. Mm -hmm. And how to have those conversations because as and maybe that's difficult because as adults right now, I feel like that's what we're trying to learn as well. Right. Right. But maybe even just have recognizing, recognizing that as a whole and, you know, really talking with that about our kids. Yes. And then just finding in general good ways to have the conversation continue to be a conversation. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we can cover more of that and also go into some other tough world topics that you think that we might want to have some conversations with our kids, right? Absolutely. All right. You're listening to The Mom Show. Again, the number is 651-641-1071. We would love to have you be part of the show. You can call us and be part of it, um, uh, courtesy of Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinic. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I am Ms. Shannon here with my friend Dr. Amy Johnson Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinic. Also taking your calls here at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. And Dr. Amy, I want to remind everybody that a good community for you to be part of. And a lot of times we are trying to figure out how to build different communities right now. And, and our normal communication styles and strategies may have broken down. And you're going, okay, where can I find some people who have commonalities to me? And this is a good place if they just want to start with, you know, the health foundations. Uh, if you're, regardless of where you are in your journey, it's a good place to start those questions. Absolutely. So, you know, at Health Foundations, we're a birth center and we are a women's health clinic. And so, of course, we provide full scope maternity care. So prenatal care through your labor and delivery, you deliver at the birth center um, and all of your postpartum care. And, you know, it really is, you know, of course, things have changed with COVID and, you know, our care structure has changed a little bit. But what hasn't changed is our true belief in building relationship Mm -hmm. and um, taking time, doing education, you know, on average with an OB, your appointments are about 10 minutes, right? Ours are 30 to 60 minutes. A lot of things happen in that time where we can have these conversations about not only what to expect in pregnancy, what's happening, you know, getting ready for labor and delivery, getting ready for that parenting afterwards, Mm -hmm. but also having these conversations about how you're actually doing. There's a lot going on in the world. Right. And, you know, I would be surprised if everybody just felt rosy and smiley and agreed and hey, I'm doing good. I read two articles last week that made me think of you specifically. And so there was one where they were talking about people deciding whether this is the right time for them to start their, you know, their family planning and whether they want to have sure. kids if there's their first and how difficult that was to navigate. Yeah. Um, but then there was another one. And I thought this was funny where they were in a lot of what you and I talk about is how whatever your birth and family strategy is, it's valid to have that. And you doesn't always have to be this one cookie cutter thing. Yeah. And I was reading the story about this one supermodel and how she was just so proud of the fact that she had this four day long at home birth. Sure. And I was like, I need to talk to Dr. Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm going, I applaud you for being able to be who you are and doing that. And I'm going as someone who has had a birth experience, I don't want it to last four days. Sure. And it kind of felt like that conversation where you and I are going, how do we make it okay to have everything be yeah. on the table and have you go through it however you go through it? But I also was like, yeah, but let's not make it sound like I did it wrong because I chose not to take four days in the right. process. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I think especially as women, we are put in these boxes right. of good, bad, right, wrong, better, worse, and it is so detrimental Agreed. to women's mental health, physical health, how we view ourselves and really how we view ourselves is how we present ourselves as moms, right. as partners, as caregivers in the world. And I mean, it, it really trickles down. And so, yeah, I, I just think, you know, knowing your options, ta- having somebody to talk through them with, you know, I think there's a lots of fear out there right now. I can understand that. Right. And having that conversation, I think, and and being able to be candid is, is very 
helpful and valid. Right. And I don't think that we get that all the time. And that's kind of what we're talking about today is like we know how important that is for us as adults. But trying to help be that adult that knows that it's important to your kids as well. Yeah. And not going, well, let's not talk about it or trying to act like, you know, I think sometimes we get in this position as parents where we think that we need to put on such a brave face and act like everything is rosy because that is the best thing for our kids. And I think in practice, we learn that that's not necessarily the case. Like we don't have them to be scared of everything. Right. But if we spend too much time trying to make things always rosy, then it ends up having a worse effect. Right. And I think sometimes, you know, it was funny. My mom actually reminded me, it's okay to give the kids more information sometimes. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, you know, sometimes I didn't even realize it, that we were maybe not giving the kids enough information. So they felt settled. Right, right. And so, and like you said, it doesn't need to be real detailed. It doesn't need to be doom and gloom. But, you know, having them, they do hear things. Mm -hmm. Their friends talk. They hear us talk and other adults talk that, you know, having that conversation or opening it up, even just asking. Mm -hmm. You know, I found myself... By no means do I know how to approach all of these topics Mm -hmm. and nail it, right? Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But sometimes I just start with a question Mm -hmm. like, how are you feeling about this, bud? Or, you know, what have you heard about this? What what do you think? Mm -hmm. What do you think? You know, um, how does it make you feel? Right. Yeah. And just starting there, because that often just opens the door and you might get one word answers. You might not. You might just need to ask another question. Um, Maybe it is a, a, a pivot point of something they've seen. Yes. Or, you know, for us, it's been really interesting, you know, with the elections, with um, the event of George Floyd, with COVID, a lot of this stuff, we live in St. Paul and we don't live very far from the governor's mansion mm-hmm. or the state capitol for that right. matter. So our kids have seen the um, the rallies and the protests right, and the signs and, and people walking by, you know, a, our cross street right. with signs and, and that that has sparked a lot of questions. And I'm curious and I'm I'm asking you this as your friend and as yeah. someone who works for you and, and I think it's interesting. So uh, what kind of questions are you getting from your kids? Are they why are people so angry or why did this happen? What kind of things how are they articulating it? You know, I think um I think for our daughter who's 11, she in the beginning I could see more just taking it all in. Mhm. And yeah, asking questions about um, really a little bit about the anger, right? A little bit about the um, the the gathering, right? Mm-hmm. Um, about the different opinions, mm-hmm. and you know, at the birth center, um, there was a point where because uh, we were down on Grand Avenue um, during everything that was happening with George Floyd that, you know, the national guard was out. Right. And I saw, I remember seeing your posts about that. Um, Mm -hmm. We did, we had to board up the birth center. We um, made an alternate location at one point. Mm -hmm. And so they had to help us gather everything up and set up the new location. And I think um, they just took it all in. Right. Right. My son, who's 13, um, asks a lot of questions about 
a little bit more specifically about racism. Right. And I think he um, is a little older, Mm -hmm. but also asks questions. I mean, the question that I feel like he's asked more than once is, why are people treated differently because the color of their skin? Right. Or they look different or they act different. I mean, he asks those questions a lot. And I think it's wonderful that you are having these conversations at home instead of, well, let's just turn off the news. Let's act like it wasn't there. And especially if it's something that is so profoundly traumatic to your community, because that's really what we're talking about is yeah. community trauma. And that's what we talked a lot here on the mom show even is talking yep. about how do you navigate that community trauma and how it impacts everybody a little differently. And the fact that this is a very profound event that our kids were party to. In a variety of different ways and trying to figure out what's the right question to ask them and meet them where they are and give them the tools that they can appropriately use to make a decision and to feel settled and to understand or to continue their education and go, okay, this is something that. I'm is really important to me. And I think that you do have those things even as 13 and we've talked about that, that there are things that you highly, this is, this is what I, I'm passionate about and I want to learn more and being able to know whether you have that kid and then be able to go, well, I'm going to help them find these resources just like you would any other interest that they would have. Well, I'm continuing that conversation. And I think, you know, I've tried to be really honest Mm -hmm. with our kids and say, you know, I'm working on this too. I'm learning, Mm -hmm. you know, we've talked we've had a conversation about implicit bias. Right. And because I think that's really important um, to just recognize what our own biases are. Right. And not necessarily using those big words. Right. But, you know, really starting that education. Right. And that journey and to say, I'm right there along with you. Exactly. Um, And this is how we can do it as a family. And this is how we can learn together. It's a start. Right. And we're going to have more conversations here with Dr. Amy Jasson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics. We're talking about tackling those tough subjects. With Welcome back to The Mom Show here on MyTalk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. We always encourage you to go to our website, MyTalk1071.com, because you can also find this episode and previous episodes. If we hit something a little quick and you're going, okay, I missed that part. I was getting in the car or going to the grocery store and you decide you want to pick back up with us, you can find us on MyTalk1071.com. Just use the keyword bomb. And then you can also find us in the app. Today, we are joined by my good friend, Dr. Amy johnson Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics. We've been covering a few of the tough topics out there in the world and how you might navigate those conversations with your kids Um, and trying to figure out what that balance is. Right, Dr. Amy, of how do you meet them where they are? Yeah, because you don't want to. We're not saying that every conversation is appropriate for every age group, um, for every child. There's a big difference probably between the way I would have a conversation and frame it in my household versus how you would have it, Dr. Amy, versus how sure. you know Susan and Egan would have it. And we understand that. So we're just saying that it's okay to normalize having some of these conversations at home with your families. Absolutely. I know before the break, we were talking a little bit about what's been happening with George Floyd and racism. Mm -hmm. And I just want to, you know, give parents a little bit of a framework because I do, I do get a lot of questions about how do we go about this in a really appropriate way about talking, starting the conversation with our kids about racism. Right. And, 
you know, it's not too early. Right. They have shown, you know, and as early as, you know, three months, babies can start noticing differences in people. And it's not so. So to say the conversation can't can't uh, it's it can't be too early to start a conversation it's just how you approach it let me spin right? it into a joke for you and this is one that i used to tell all the time is that i had friends that i could always tell that i was the first black person that their baby had met and because they look at you like your sparkly fireworks like oh my goodness sure. this one looks different because you can see that look of wonder in there and I used to, my friend, I used to say that to her daughter when she was younger. I'd be, that's okay. Your mommy, I'm, I'm your mommy's black friend. We'll be okay. And so, oh, and wow. it did, you know, and it, you, you can see that or, yeah. you know what I mean? Cause kids are so honest and it's not, yeah. the, and it's not, there's no fault in that. We appreciate their honesty and doing those things. There's no fault in you as a person. If because of your framework and your friend group, and maybe you didn't have a lot of BIPOC, you know, black, indigenous people of color in your circle. So, okay, that's not, you know, nobody's, nobody's wrong. You know, you didn't do anything. We're not saying that you need to go on a tour because we're human beings, not people at the zoo. (laughs) So I'm not, I'm not encouraging that, but you can tell. And I think that it goes back into what you're saying, Dr. Amy, that it's fair and reasonable to appropriately have these conversations, you know, and so that people go, so that your kids understand that there is a variety of human beings out here and here's why it might be different for some versus what is going on with them. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as a parent and as a person, if you don't know how to start that conversation, you know, what I really want to do today partly is give you resources. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so one resource that I think is helpful um, and is very straightforward, but gives good information is the National Museum of African-American History and Culture. Agreed. Mm-hmm. On their website, they actually break it down to who you are. Mm-hmm. Are you an educator? Are you a parent? Are you an activist? And you can look in the different buckets of information um, and get different perspectives. But right. as the if as you know, we're talking about being a parent today. It talks about first looking at yourself. Yes. Which I think is really important when having these conversations with our kids about what our biases are, how we've grown up, what we think, what we believe. And then it also goes through and it gives more structure and a little bit more um, direction about then how to talk to your kids right and dr amy we'll make sure we put that link up we'll give that to producer sonny she can make sure that that's on the mom show page for today and i'm glad that you use the word biases because again we're giving people resources and we specifically use words like biases because we're not saying that you are a racist this is a sure. bias and a lot of times when you have a bias it's something you don't even realize that's why it's a bias right it's and just it's in the there. way we've grown up exactly it's what we've heard it's what we've been around it's what we've seen mm-hmm. and you're right a lot yeah. of times we it's it's right that implicit bias not really understanding where that comes from but acknowledging what those things are right you know is a good first step right and so again don't vilify yourself once you learn this this is an exploration pop process it is it's a learning process and i think so another resource and this i always feel like feels friendly because everybody maybe has seen or grown up with pbs yes (laughs) hopefully (laughs) so um they have a short video for specifically for adults Uh, it's it's talking to children authentically about race and racism And again, it's a resource for parents to start with. Mm -hmm. And then on their website as well, it's called Parents Talking About Racism is is what you Google. 
um, to find kind of the information pages that they have. Again, then it breaks it down into age groups. Mm -hmm. So early on, you know, as even as toddlers, they have that section. Right. And then as, you know, more grade schoolers, middle schoolers and high school, as far as different ways to approach this conversation with kids. Right. And um, I appreciate that because, you know, I do. They start off a lot of times with these conversations, just asking questions and really trying to get an understanding of what my kids think. Right. What they know and what they don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it also helps me sometimes, you know, whether it's racism, whether it's puberty, whether it's COVID. Yes. Sometimes we don't. I like to have some of those phrases in my back pocket Mm -hmm. as a parent that makes me feel a little bit more well armed, (laughs) whether I use them or not. (laughs) Right. But, you know, sometimes I think doing that reading and doing that learning a little bit on our own first helps us have those words sometimes because we for our kids. I think sometimes as parents, you avoid certain subjects because you don't want to have that gotcha moment where they're going to ask you a question. Then you have to show that you're vulnerable and don't know. Right. And, you know, I've tried to get really good at, you know, with my kid of going, Mama doesn't know right now. I have to look. You know, yeah. think, let me look, you know, because maybe I don't know. He'll he'll bring up something and I'm like, I have to go find that. I don't I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And being OK with that, because it doesn't mean that I'm in a, a I don't lose status with him uh-uh. or or it doesn't make me feel lesser because I've gotten I practice it. Because at the first time you go, no, I'm supposed to be super mom. Yeah. So you should always have the answer for your kids. And you pick yourself apart if you don't. When I'm going no, that was a question I was not anticipating having to deal with on a Tuesday. Right. And so I'm going to go find it like any other thing. <laughs> or maybe it's not the thing that mom's good at. Yeah. So I have to figure something else out. And knowing yourself and going, yeah, you know, I'm glad you're still doing this version of math because I can figure that out. Some of these other <laughs> things, I don't know. <laughs> so, and that's fair. That's mm-hmm. so fair. Mm-hmm. And I think it just makes us human. Right. Right. That hey, we don't have all the questions, but we can go figure it out. Right. We know where to help you do the research yeah. so we can guide you. And that's what a lot of it is, is yeah. guiding your yep. kid to be able to figure out who they are and how they can answer these questions. Because I'm sure you, just like I do, have these things that you look back when you were a kid and you're like, why did I believe that for so long? And yeah. it's maybe because you didn't ask a grown up. You just came up with an answer. For some question in your brain that eventually turned out to be false, but you didn't know like how long, like I love it. Every time you see one of those uh, social media posts that says uh, you were how old when you learned what and those things. And some of them are usually funny, but some of them you're like, wait, that's real. (laughs) (laughs) I'm today. Exactly. I'm today old and should have known that. (laughs) I didn't think to look out, look in the encyclopedia and figure that out when I was a kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I think those are just knowing some of those resources. Right. And then again, having those conversations with other parents. Right. Is helpful. And by no means do we all have, you know, the the answers. But, no. you know, having these conversations and, and starting that, I think, is helpful, right. even as a group of adults. Right. Because mm-hmm. if you can have that open conversation with your peers, then hopefully it makes it easier on your kids. And, in, and real talk, sometimes you want to see what their other friends are thinking oh, yeah. too if you can you know without being super nosy but you it, it is a matter of their little peer group is probably transferring information back and Absolutely. forth and so you're like well where who started this particular <laughs> oh my gosh it's so funny because sometimes our kids come home and they say something or something happens and right i'm like 
okay, one of your friends is doing this. Exactly, because you can tell, because they're like, this. I don't think this sprouted here. Where, yes. Like, like, I'm not, I don't have to nip this, this sprout right. in the bud right now, because we're not continuing this. Right? Absolutely, mm-hmm. yep. yep. And they all try it out, right? They all try it out in their own exactly. version. And I'm like, okay, we're not trying this out. No, let me take care of this one. I'm glad this came up here. This is where it's going to end, you know, politely and nicely, because I love you, and I'm the reason that you're here, so let's fix this. Right. right. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's just so much. Um, So one last resource I want to make sure that people have that I think is very helpful and that you can do in your home. It's for free is Harvard University has a free tool on implicit bias Mm -hmm. that really walks you through a bunch of different things. It's not just race and racism. It's a lot of biases that we have in our life that we maybe don't realize. And um, it's a great tool. So to help you start recognizing what those are. Right. And I appreciate you brought that one up because it does talk about things that might happen based on male or female biases yes. or you know so not only gender but shape and education level or hair color like yes. all these different things that we just don't think about yep and so it's it's nice i think it's a great learning tool it sometimes it's it not sometimes it does open our eyes to how we view the world right and we might not not well, we don't recognize it, right? That's right. why it's called implicit bias. So, check those check those resources out. Um, see what works, see what doesn't work. But I think it's a great place to start. And Dr. Amy, I know that uh, producer Sonny will put those up on the page. But can great. we just give those three again, real quick, yeah. here as we ra- so, wrap up this se- segment? The National Museum of African American History and Culture mm-hmm. has a great multi um, resource. Uh, PBS is talking to children authentically about race and racism Mm -hmm. is their video. And then they have the website parenting parents talking about racism. And then Harvard University has that implicit bias tool. And really, if you just Google Harvard University implicit bias bias tool, it actually just comes up um, right away. It's very easy to find. And it's a these are all free resources. Um, with very good information. Wonderful. Great place for everyone to start. Again, you'll get all that information by going to our page, mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. So, Dr. Amy, we're going to go into this final break, and what do we want to cover when we return? Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about COVID. Here we go. Welcome back to the mom show on MyTalk1071 and streaming on mytalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon, joined by Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics. Also taking your calls, the number is 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We'll be talking, we've been talking about having tough world conversations with your kids. So if you have any tips, you can still call and be part of the show. And of course, we're going to wrap up talking about the thing that has been in all of our lives since March, we'll say, is when it really started to kick in, especially here in the Twin Cities. I'm um, talking about COVID-19. COVID. Mm-hmm. It's... <laughs> Oh, goodness. So much information that we have had to navigate, so many changes and pivots that we've had to make in what feels, I think, like a long time. But if you look at the calendar, it definitely has not been a long time. It's not been a long time. And I think, um, gosh, what a charged topic. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is something that... I guess I have ongoing conversations with our kids about partly because I'm healthcare. Yeah. Uh, We have grandparents who are in the high risk category, not only for age, but for several other things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we, of course the conversation has 
heightened just because of everything with school starting. Exactly. Um, and, you know, everything that they hear and that they see as well. I mean, this is something that has just polarized our lives in so many ways. I mean, all of these topics that we've talked about today mm-hmm. are hot topics, are right. hot buttons. They've polarized our um, society in right. one way or th- another. But this is this in this is our daily. I mean, just talking about masks. Yes. Masks. Are we going to school? Are we not going to school? Do we go to gatherings? Do we not going to gatherings? There's so many things that affect their lives because it affects our lives as human beings. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, and people are going to agree and not agree with what I have to say today. Um, that's just kind of the way it is. Right. <laughs> that's kind of what I've come to. But, you know, I think the first thing is just looking at reliable information. Yes. You know, the Center for Disease Control, the CDC is reliable information and recognizing that this is a virus we don't know a lot about. Right. You're right. This mm-hmm. is something on a when you look at the calendar and say really how long this has been going on, it's quite a short period of time. Agreed. And, you know, sometimes I hear the argument, well, my gosh, everything's changing from day to day and the recommendations are changing. Well, yeah, it is because we're learning more. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, you know, just having a little bit of an open mind to that saying, you know, we as people see how our lives and as we're learning, you know, just think of a worldview. <laughs> Agreed. As right. these larger places like World Health Organization and CDC, of course, things are going to change to some degree as we learn more, as more research comes out. And so, which I kind know, piece of would it. applaud. I mean, me personally, again, not trying to cause a fight with anybody, but, you know, we would like, I like the fact that we go, well, here's what we're doing now, or here's what we've learned, or here's a new study, because I think that I am pro study. Yeah. So the fact that we're continuing to do studies and there's people researching it actually makes me feel better. That yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, you're doing the best with the information that we have now, and we'll follow those guidelines as much as we can, because I'm a comedian, not a scientist, but I like scientists, and I trust scientists. Sure. So, Mm-hmm. And I think, too, um, so when we're talking about our kids, right, you know, I think it comes down to some of the same things that we're talking about with all of these other topics is be aware of how you're talking about COVID around your kids, not right. necessarily with your kids, because they pick up on all of that. Right. Their little ears are everywhere. Agreed. And we know that about little things. <laughs> yes. So, so, of course, you know, if you're worried about, oh, I let this swear word slip and now my kid's saying it all the time. What do you think all these other <laughs> things are doing? Right. <laughs> they pick up and, you know, they mimic, they um, assimilate all of those things that we do as parents. Right. So it's how we talk about it. It's being the role model. Role model. Mm hmm. Right. And, you know, and then really kind of helping them, you know, at this point we've been around enough, but still sometimes I'm not, I'm not uh, seeing that parents are necessarily having some of these conversations about, you know, what is social distancing? Right. Why is it recommended? Um, Practice. You know, we talked about this a lot early on, but still, especially depending on the model that you're going back at for school is talk about masks. Yes. You know, practice it at home. It's not one mask might work. You know, there's so many options for masks. It's like finding the one that works for your family or your kid. Or, Agreed. Um, you and, know, and I think that it is, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that you said options because I got some that I thought he was going to really like. And I forgot that although he's 12, he is a little man child. 
and he's technically bigger than I am. And so <laughs> so it didn't fit him right. And I'm like, right. whoops, sorry, bad, my bad. Let me go get another one. So I have another one when he comes home this evening. I'm all like, what do you think about this? Right. It has flamingos on it. You know, just whatever. And I think also the conversation we've been having and I and, and your kids are similar age. And I'm probably, you know, and I again, back to our biases, I'm dealing with this because I have a little boy who's always busy. And we already were having this conversation because of the way he processes language. Sure. Um, hygiene was a big conversation we were already having. You need to wash your hands better and longer. Yeah. That was already something we were talking about. Yeah. So doubling down on that in our house has been quite the treat right sure. now. I'm like, no, you already didn't wash your hands appropriately. Yeah. Now let's practice. So I get it. It's lots of conversations and lots Lots. of how do we do this differently? And I think, too, um, you know, just recently, my son came up with the idea. He loves lavender. Okay. He has a diffuser in his room. He has a stress ball that we found at a lavender farm that we saw, you know, last year. Mm -hmm. He all of a sudden decided, oh, why am I not putting lavender in my mask, mom? Okay. And I was like, okay. And you know what? That has helped him. Right. A little bit here and there. Yeah. I know we don't want to overdo it. I know I do know this because I just read this study about how you need to stay away from too much chewing gum in your mouth because (laughs) the menthol in your chewing gum, like I'm, I'm, I'm pro mints and all those things, but if you too much, it will sting your eyes. We just learned that last week. I saw that study. So, so you do, I mean, and we, I've done some of that where we do a little, like my son likes these citrusy things. So we've done some orange, a little drop here and there. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, thinking about that, I think it gets back partly to as well, you know, monitoring the TV viewing, social media, what they're really getting exposed to and what they're seeing. Um, So, you know, what conversations are going to come up or what there might be percolating in. And to help Mm -hmm. decrease anxiety. I mean, just think about you as an adult. When I cut out social media and or news or NPR, whatever, for a period of time. You relax. I relax. I agree. So I try to stay educated, but I've had to put little guidelines on. You can't do this after 11 p.m. Yeah. You know, because I'm up. I'm up later than I should be. But that makes it worse. I get it. For sure. And, you know, that's no different for them. Right. And so really seeing what they're digesting and what they're, you know, privy to, I think, in a day can be important. No, doesn't matter about the age. Right. Um, And to, you know. I check in with my kids fairly, you know, fairly frequently just to just say, how are you doing? Yeah. And my son tells me, oh, my God, mom, you don't have to ask me. I'm fine. <laughs> Thank you. That, that answer is appropriate. That's OK. You know, he's like, oh, you're asking me again. <laughs> my son's answer his his yeah, when I can tell that it's just the answer to get me off his back. He says, I'm tired. And so I'm like, OK. <laughs> I'm tired. That's what he said. I'm like, okay, you're tired. You're tired of me asking you. How are you feeling? Like, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm tired. I'm like, okay, you're tired. I get it. But I think that it's fair. And that realize, you know, the fact that they know that we're checking in with them and they can have that expectation, I think is soothing to them too. They don't have to worry about whether we're concerned about them. I think that I like that. I like the fact that he thinks that of the, all the things that I nag him about the fact that I nag him about, how are you feeling? (laughs) I'm okay with that. You know, I think historically, you know, the mental health piece we know has been so discounted. Right. And so I know our family hears me say a lot. um, You know, we go to the doctor, we do all of these things. We eat well and sleep and take our vitamins for our physical health. Yes. It's no different for our mental health. Mm -hmm. You still have to do all the good things for your mental health as well. 
uh, you can't discount that. And they, I think sometimes they're like, mom, we know already. <laughs> and you just go, well done. I'm glad that, that what I'm imposed, these, these, these words of wisdom are sticking. I'm glad right. you know. <laughs> I've said them enough. <laughs> well done. Because, right, when mm-hmm. you're 18, 20, 30, then when they have kids, they're going to be thinking about, well, yep. I guess I need to say this. Right. <laughs> Reflexes. We're making them reflex responses. Well done, Dr. Amy. Oh, yes. Say it enough and it'll sink in. Right. Well, I think it's been really good to cover a lot of these topics and remind people that it's okay to talk about them and to give them some tips and some resources. Uh, we'll make sure all of them are on the Mom Show page. And I know that contacting you is always a good way. And I, you know, reaching out for almost anything. Like if it's something that you cover on the show, they can always just Absolutely. contact you via the website or they can call you. And two, you know, one other thing, you know, we talked about the maternity care. Don't discount your women's health care, ladies. Right. Don't get behind. Right. You know, COVID is not a time to not get your paps, not get your breast exams. You know, if you need um, to come in and talk to us about a mammogram, if you're not feeling well, if you need your labs done, don't let those go. Right. Keep right. up. Right. Keep up with all the stuff. So a good first step, you can go to your website, right? Healthfoundations.com. We'll also give out the phone number. It's 651-895-2520. Dr. Amy, we appreciate you. I can't wait to see you again. It's great to be here. Thanks for joining us on the Mom Show. Again, you can find us at mytalk1071.com. Keyword mom.